previously on Warriors Unite. Polar Knight, in your big furry paw, there is a velvet bag, uh, the one that appeared there when you picked up the right piece. One that looks and smells similar to uh, the bag that last night once planted. Starry Knight and, and Polar Knight, uh, you have just heard the voice of Oresis, and she's like see-through and, and, and wavering and strange. I bled into the roots of all of the plants and swirled inside the tree trunks and was carried on the wind like fog. I, I woke up in Kingsmouth and I forgot that. King's mouth is a lie, then. Ladies' night is still in the thing, isn't she? Yes, I'm still per- partying. Ladies' night. In in just a moment, when you, as you're looking up at the sky, there's this. There's just this line. It just looks like the world ends right there. There were some people on that side, and they're just gone now. Being here, the I jump in. You're in the Archimane Forest, and to your right, there is a giant wall of flame just inches away from your tail, and it's like a fire has just been cut in half, and you look over and there's a halfling woman holding an axe mid-swing. It's a pleasure to meet you, JD. I- I'm Nedri. Tell me, uh, JD, have you ever heard of something called the Artificer's Triad? Um, she's holding something in her hand. A slate of, of stone. This is the most valuable thing you've ever set your eyes upon. And I'm here because I want more. She brings her hand down onto it, and there is this flash. You you cannot oh, move at off. all. She just sort of, like, uh, shuffles you into the fire again. Oh, great, awesome! God damn it! I think that uh, having, like, a set of powerful objects isn't something I feel so bad about uh, having in the story just because it's such a fantasy trope. Yeah, it's such a common thing. Like, in Lord of the Rings did it, too. Like, I think Lord of the Rings was probably the first fantasy thing that was, like, collect these powerful objects. Yeah, I mean, it's it's practically part of the fantasy genre now. I don't feel bad, (laughs) like, for having Mm -hmm. a set and and using them to sort of create intrigue and uh, uh, push on the story a little bit. I think they're probably going to reappear later, even after this arc. Mm Chekhov's gun. If you have a, a, a fantastic rune... Uh, in the room at the beginning of the show, then it needs to have um, cast Moonbeam by the end of it, or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It needs to be activated. Right, right. Oh my god, okay. I'm tired. Check out Forbidden Rune. (laughs) (laughs) I just woke up, my back hurts. Let's do this. (laughs) 
biggest fucking... So right now where we're going to start off, it is the following morning from your return to Kingsmouth. Uh, although there is a lot to catch Janelle and Miriam up on, and apparently some information they need to impart to you as well, you were understandably exhausted after doing four episodes worth of stuff in one day. <laughs> you decided to appropriately call it a night, and you have now at last taken a long rest, so you can uh, refill Yay, my all spell your... slots. Yeah, <laughs> Ray, your spell slots. I was like, alright, they need to sleep finally. <laughs> Well, fucking Starry Night over here is a warlock, so she gets her spell slots after a short rest. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, I, I I keep forgetting to keep track of my spell slots. I think I used two of my level one spell slots. Well, that's all you get as a warlock, right? Uh, only, I get level two only... spells. Oh, no, like, the way warlock spells look is you always cast it at the level of spell slots that you have. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. if you cast, like, a level one spell with your warlock spell slots and you have second level spell slots, you will automatically use the second level spell slot. You will cast it at second level. Ah, okay. I didn't know that. That's why warlocks are so appealing. Like, people like warlocks because they can recharge their spell slots at a short rest and also because they always cast at the highest possible level but the big nerf is they only ever get two spell slots for a majority of their class levels mm. you do get three spell slots at late game and i think there's like some sort of fucking thing you could do to get a fourth one but i don't know what it is or maybe i'm just thinking of a homebrew mechanic i did huh but yeah like you only get two spell slots for your whole character for like a majority of your class levels, but the but the flip side is you get them back on a short rest, not a long rest. You have so okay. much D and D knowledge in your brain. I think about D and D a lot. <laughs> That's really valid. <laughs> oh fuck, we're taking up show time. We oh, are. No, no, it's fine. It's okay. Like it's good because I don't know. Like as always, I'm starting this session. Like I don't know if I have enough material. <laughs> I usually end up having enough material. Uh, so your day begins in the local in the local diner, the Glowing Mushroom, where you agree to reconvene with Janelle, Miriam, and Silent Knight to go over your findings. The library is, of course, gone, but the diner remains just barely against the precipice of the gray fog that has replaced half the town. When you enter the diner, you see Miriam, Janelle, and Silent Knight sitting around a table having coffee. You also see, surprisingly, Oresis chewing her lip and talking in hushed tones with Harold. She looks incredibly stressed, and Harold, though in his work uniform, is sitting down across from her at the booth with his hands on her wrists, trying to soothe her. The moment you enter, Silent Knight looks up at you and stands up. He immediately starts gesturing frantically at you, at the clock, at his wrist, miming unintelligibly, pointing at the window at the back of the diner, which provides a stellar view of the all-consuming darkness just beyond the edge. Seems panicked or angry or relieved, maybe? It is really hard to tell. Are you, uh, asking if we're on a time limit around here, boy? Um, he shakes his head no and just keeps, like, miming frantically, and then Miriam says, I imagine it's got to do with how long it's been since we've seen you. I mean, you were gone all day. Well, yeah. Weren't we only gone for, like, a night? La la it, it, ladies, ladies, like, ladies, ladies, like, doing that arithmetic thing with thing where it's like, did I, wait, was it, like, a whole day for them while we were out there? Crow, you were saying something? No, I was just thinking, like, weren't we only- we only came back at the night in Kingsmouth. Uh, and Janelle chimes in here, she says, No, in that time we've become aware that time passes faster in here than it does out there, which explains the rate at which hunger has been setting in, for example. 
and it's at this point that you notice that Janelle's hands are shaking a little bit. Uh, she doesn't look too bothered about it, though, and keeps the same cool expression that she said, tends to wear and says, I imagine for you three, you spent only a matter of minutes on the outside. By my calculations, a minute in the forest is approximately an hour in King's Mouth. That's one of the things we've worked out since your Please departure. Please stop saying math, I'm gay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, I should have uh, accounted for that. I have a math allergy! I forgot in my calculations uh, to consider the fact that you're gay. <laughs> Lady Sight just starts sneezing uncontrollably. She's um, allergic to <laughs> Here, but I'll put it I'll put it in a different way. Uh small time in forest, big time here. See now that's talking. <laughs> Sorry and I now is actually trying Sorry and I is actually trying not to laugh at this. <laughs> Lady now, Slate has turned on her comedian mode to help keep the mood light. <laughs> that's 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 good uh, because Ladies Night and everybody else, I think. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know why in my head I just went roll a vibe check, but <laughs> um, <laughs> what you've you've noticed uh, even just in your brief time um, finding a place to settle in for the night. Um, and coming here this morning, the mood in King's Mouth is drastically different. It is, like, it's very solemn here now. It's very, everybody is, everybody seems really scared. Um, well, a bunch of people just vanished into the Aether, like, when they were yeah. standing in the stage. Like, or he's like, oh, fuck, where's Henry? Oh, no, Henry vanished into the abyss. <laughs> Henry's and gone. Henry's fucking dead. <laughs> Cool. Again, like double dead, dead twice because yes. like we're dead. So like he's dead now again. Can you be double dead? In warriors, you can. Okay, yeah, true. Uh, Janelle says there have been more developments, but uh, we still don't know why King's Mouth was split in half in the first place. Uh, we have no idea what happened. I uh, I look at Polar Knight and Star Knight because I wasn't there. Okay, I look over at Polar Knight, and I'm, 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 I'm trying to think, like, did the fire get split in half when we were at, in the Archimane Forest? What happened, um, you guys, was you went to the library and you solved a puzzle after having read about it in one of the books, and as soon as the puzzle was solved and you picked up that final piece, you found yourself holding um, one of the bags uh, that's used in an illusory field spell. And uh, you also found that the fire in the Archimede Forest was gone in that area. Okay, cool. Yeah, but how'd we get back into King's Mouth? Back into uh, King's Mouth? So you went to Nedry, go... Nedry fucking banned you from her server. <laughs> Nedry pushed us back into the fire. Yeah, uh, you oh, went to go... I didn't remember that at all happening. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, you went to go and find uh, Ladies Night because Merlin the Owl led you there, and uh, you confronted Nedry, and she used um, this rune, this strange thing that was in her hand, to cast a really powerful paralysis spell on you, and then she kind of shuffled you back into the fire. She banned you from her Minecraft server. Wow, incredible. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got sent into gay baby jail. Yeah. <laughs> 
Back to gay okay, baby isn't jail. This what the, isn't this what this whole place is? Is basically gay baby jail while she does her thing? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that bothers her gets sent to gay baby jail. Bad and naughty knights get sent to the pear wiggler to atone for their crimes. Oh no! <laughs> I don't want to be in the pear wiggler. Basically, here uh, Janelle is asking, "What, in your view, happened to make King's Mouth do the thing?" Starry Knight's gonna pipe up here, and she's gonna be like, "Well, uh, we were over there," and she gestures to like the blackness void where the um, where the library used to be, and she's gonna say. Yeah, and then we solved a puzzle. It was like this weird scale puzzle. <laughs> I had to think about that for a moment. Where, uh, and then and then we just kind of poofed, and we were back in the Archimane Forest. J- Janelle looks like her her eyes narrow. She like tips her head at you. Um, Ladies Night like looks. Okay, so I'll I'll t- I'll do this. Ladies Night looks at the bag, and then she looks at last night, and as she looks at the bag again, and you could kind of see like the arithmetic starting to flow in her head, and like it starts coming together slowly, and she's just like, "Ah oh, fuck, the Archimane Force Force Fire is just one big illusory feel now." I d- I'm sorry. I and Janelle like looks over at Miriam and says, "Miriam, you can cast illusory field. The range is dependent on the level at which it's casted, right?" Could it become this big? No, it can't be a loser, you feel. That high a level, you'd have to be the most powerful magician who ever lived. No, wait, 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 wait. She was holding, like, this rock, like, this really funky-looking rock that I was getting some real bad vibes from. I think she's using that to amplify her power. Either that or she's a level 20 wizard, in which case I don't want to fuck with her, but if she's just got a cool rock, we can take the rock away. Slow down. She? Oh, yeah, um, there's a girl who's doing this. She's a halfling, and I don't know if she's evil or just misguided, but she's doing all this, and she's looking for some artifacts, and I was talking to her, and I had to, th- and I had to like, stall for time real fast while, while uh, Merlin was getting everybody else. Uh, as soon as you've started talking about, like, somebody holding some sort of powerful object, Ladies' Night, um, Janelle is, like, hurriedly, like, digging through these papers that are in front of her, and she extracts this sheet of messily handwritten notes, and she says, What did this object look like? It's kind of like triangle, but, like, I, I couldn't really tell you the proportions. You know how halflings have such little itty-bitty hands? <laughs> <laughs> but I would say maybe about, like, I would say maybe about, like, for... Like, somebody my size would probably fit roughly in the size of my palm, but for her, like, she was holding it with her whole hand. I think I know what's happening here. She mentioned, she mentioned a name. I'm, I'm sorry, go through that fog kind of fell my memory up a little bit. It, it was called the, uh... The Artificer's Triad. Yes, that! And she called it that, yeah. Three powerful objects created by students of the legendary Rosimia Trina. The Lucky Shard, the Focus Rune, and the Nightmare Mask. Um, I have here physical descriptions of the Lucky Shard and the Focus Rune, but it doesn't look like very much is known about this Nightmare Mask. The Focus Rune... I really, with a name like Nightmare Mask, I'm getting a pretty good idea of what it does. Starry Night is just kind of like, yeah, I don't... Starry Night is just kind of looking at Ladies Night and back at, um... It was Janelle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's just like, She's just kind of, like, shaking her head, like, I don't want to be anywhere near whatever the Nightmare Mask thing is. Well, I, uh, 
Like, come on, guys, it's just a nightmare mask. <laughs> well, luckily, I don't think that we're dealing with the nightmare mask just yet. This appears to be the focus rune. Uh, it's a triangular piece of slate with an ancient rune carved onto it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's about what I saw. Like, she actually, like, showed it to me. Like, she gestured it at my hand. I, I don't know why she would just immediately show me her evil focus artifact. You think she'd be keeping that thin and far away from me and my little nasty little snatch kitty paws as far, as far away as possible, but I guess the brain cells have to be far away from some part of her. Miriam looks over Janelle's shoulder at this page of notes, uh, which, by the way, the handwriting on these is atrocious. It's just completely indecipherable to you. Ladies Night is judging hard time. I can read it. No, I can't. <laughs> I can read any writing. I can read any writing! <laughs> I can read anything! Uh, yes! The focus rune. Uh, when used... When used, it powers any spell astronomically beyond its normal capabilities. Spells like illusory field. My god. This is illusory field. You you see Oresis's head lift up and she looks over and she says, Um, I beg your pardon. How could such a thing even be possible? I'm a talking bear. I think a lot of things are possible. You're looking at Oresis right now and she looks um she does not look well. Uh she looks really rattled like something very very strange has just happened to well, her something very very something very very strange has just happened to her mm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to hint at this sorry no it's okay uh mm, maybe roll insight Can I do oh you want me to finally some dice yes Can make a vibe check my... yeah every, everybody go ahead and do it well that's an 11 mine was a 14 Fwisk. Sorry, I was in the middle of assassinating someone. Oh, okay. <laughs> just committing no, it's murder. All it's alright, take your I was time. just committing murder, you know? Polar Knight's really not paying attention, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a natural failure on Polar Knight's part. Uh, so let's see. I think <laughs> that, uh, well, Polar Knight, you don't notice shit. Um. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm too uh, busy thinking about bear things. You're just kind of chilling. The smell of this bag is really interesting to you, and uh, that's really all you can focus on at the moment. Uh, it's just smelling. And, um... You're thinking about some moss? Yeah, I'm thinking about moss. Ladies' Night, uh, Oresis's, uh, expression and her attitude right now seems consistent to you with what had just happened to her. Uh, but Starry Night... Something seems a little bit strange to you. Something seems like Oresis is regarding you in a way that makes you feel like you... That makes you feel like she wouldn't have been talking to you outside of the fire. That that makes you feel like she is still, like, that, like, nervous, trying to earn your approval sort of person, uh, and trying to make you comfortable and uh, getting a little, uh, maybe perhaps a little bit TO'd by the implication that King's Mouth isn't real. That makes sense. Maybe her... Mm. She did mention, outside of the fire, she did mention that um, she was like, she remembered she was dead. How could she forget? And now that she's back, maybe her soul got, like, split? I look over at Aresis, and I'm like, uh, 
you were out there with us in the Archimane Forest. Do you remember anything about that? Um, I, I don't understand. I, I was in my office one moment, and the next thing I knew, I was on the precipice of that edge of that fog in the dead of the night, an entire day having passed me by. And she looks at Harold, and she takes her, uh, she takes her hands away from his, and she excuses herself, and she pulls up a chair to your table, and she says, "Do you know what happened to me?" Um, Strina. you're a god. What? <laughs> you're a god. What? I don't know. You're a little a demigod, what? like a little de- baby demigod. Uh, you're a god, Aresis. I really, really don't understand what you're saying. Whatever's going on in here, it's more than just illusory field. It, it's, ah, uh, folks' memories ain't lining up. Yours is the most specific, but even me, like, I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering what happened at, while we were out in the fields. Like, going through the fog made everything a little bit fuzzy right now. She's nodding, and she says, so you, you went outside. This, you went into this fog. And, and, that I did. And what was there? The forest was there, and the file was gone, and I talked to the halfling woman that was out there with the, with the creepy rock, and it's weird, because I can barely remember what we were talking about, but I know we were having a conversation, and I was by myself time, but I couldn't tell you the, exactly the specifics. But what does any of it have to do with me? It means that whatever you're remembering in here, it, it ain't going to line up with what's actually happening. You were kind of ghostly. I mean, I don't know all the details. You'd have to ask Polat and Sarna because you were following around behind them, but you looked different and you was acting different as well. Yeah, you were, um, you were like dressed in these robes, like almost like a funeral garb. And sorry, and you said that you were dead, and when you died, you had joined the um, you had, you became the forest, you became the trees, the rocks, the wind that blew through, and you and you were like, how could I forget? And then now you just don't seem to remember. I I don't I don't remember that at all. And she looks she she's beginning to look really frustrated, um, and very very confused. Well. Whatever is going on, it's clearly something that's beyond your control, and it's not something new. We gotta figure out how to stop it, but right now the thing that we we got... She, she's kind of like... she. It's weird that... I feel like this is probably something weird for Polar Knight to see, is Polar Knight so very rarely sees Ladies Knight looking flustered. Mm-hmm. But Ladies Knight looks flustered, and this is like... It's like, again... Rare, rare ladies night flustered card. Like you just got her one in one thousand drop of flusteredness. <laughs> um, Starry Night, Starry Night is thinking of it to herself, and she look, and then she looks over at Polar Night and Ladies Night, and she's like, "Remember when we were in Malin's house and we talked to those ghosts, the one in the circle up, the ones in the circle upstairs?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, if I'm remembering correctly, they mentioned something about. Uh, being inside someone's mind, and when oh, the incident wow. happened with the um, when the incident happened with the 
you being on stage and everybody else just kind of with like apparitions appearing and there was me me and um and she, maybe she looks over at polar and i we were like not ourselves was my story that enchanting or are you talking about something a little bit more literal doll no it's 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 literal <laughs> she's trying to like stifle a little bit of a laugh but it's um uh yeah it was like we we became other people like i don't exactly remember what happened but then we felt this urge to go to the library and like follow in their footsteps i guess Polar Knight kind of looks around. She seems to be quite out of it in comparison to to everyone else. Like, going in and out of this world is definitely not as focused as she normally is. She's normally very focused. Hold on. Let's just take a beat here. And uh, here, Harold returns from where he was, which was just, like, in the back of the store, and he's got, like, a hot... He's got, like, a fresh pot of coffee, and uh, he he pours one for you, uh, Polar Knight. And um, it's clear he's kind of trying to, like, listen in on the conversation a little bit and see what's happening. And last night says, okay, so we have we have a lot of variables going on here, and I think we just need to sort everything out and figure out what our next move is. What I was thinking is perhaps we could try and find the other bags for this ginormous fucking illusionary field. And perhaps we could get rally the townsfolk to help us find them. Yes. Last night, you know more about illusory field than I do. Do you know how many bags had to be removed before the illusion fails? Well, normally it's just the one, uh, but that doesn't seem to apply in this case. I think that's something to do with the focus room might have powered up the spell enough that it can sustain its shape with one of the bags missing, which isn't a normal thing for a illusory field. It usually has to be all four. Maybe we just need... Well, it, surely it can't power itself with just one bag, right? So maybe assuming that there are only four bags, and judging from the fact that this whole place turned into a goddamn scalene triangle the second you two removed a bag, ah, the scalene triangle, we... Uh, ah, the scalene triangle. We only, have two, we only have two more left to find, right? Right. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that makes sense to me, but how do we go about finding the other bags? Should we do it from in here or out there? Uh, she looks over at Starry Night and she says, Do you remember the discussion more than I did? What was it that they said about being inside her mind? They said we have to find what's important to her. And I'm thinking, from what you've said, since the library was... We found this room in the library. It was like a game room, but it was like for little kids. And I was thinking, maybe with the key places that we have, like the, the residence area, the library, which we found already, and maybe even here, the diner, um, we find um, puzzles, or I think it could be a puzzle, but it could be something else. Well, if there is one in the diner, let's do that one last, because we need a place to reconvene and come together. I think we should try and find the other one instead. Didn't we read something about a library before you guys went there in, in one of the books? This was a while ago. It's okay if you don't remember this one in particular. Up but in the notes. Yeah, 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 go ahead. The, the passage that you read uh, when you opened one of the books in Malin's house, 
was, you'd think that everything I did back there seems trivial now, but it really isn't. It made me who I am. It's the reason I'm able to do what I'm doing now. Every silly little thing I spent my time doing, even solving puzzles in the library. Um, And then another one of the passages that you read was, I remember how I used to wish at the fountain that one day I could be just like him, that he and I could meet in the afterlife, and he'd say how glad he was to have someone carry on his story. I remember the last coin I threw in before I left King's Mouth for good. I wonder if it'll still be there when I come back. Night Owl says, why why bother following all these clues? I mean, we could just go outside of the fire and then find them geographically. I mean, we know that it's in like a triangle shape because it has to be in a square for the spell to work. I I, I think there's there's a reason we can obtain the bags from within the illusion, but if we remove the bags... From the outside, I, I don't know. I got this gut feeling that something bad will happen if we do it from the outside. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Love you for that. I, I, f- I feel like if we went out, the folks in here, you saw what happened to Aresis when she went out a minute. Well, I mean, just look at the poor thing. Yeah, Aresis is still like, she, she's... She's a little bit polar night-y right now, just kind of, like, fading in and out of the conversation, feeling very, very confused and scared. And, I mean, look at us. Like, I don't have a bad memory, but I, and I don't use it. I mean, I don't, I don't have a photographic memory, but even me, like, I'm feeling a little bit addled right now. So I think if we remove the bags from the outside all at once, it might, it might do something real nasty to the folks in here. Fuck them up real good. And I don't know about I don't know about you, but I care about the people in here. Plus, think about the time difference. I mean, if um, and she looks over at you cautiously, ladies' night. If big time in here is small time out there, then <laughs> <laughs> that means that if we do this from the outside, everybody in here will have to be scared and sad for sixty times as long. I mean, uh, several times as long. No, no, you don't want. Don't worry. That one didn't make me sneeze. Plus. Technically, if we do it from the inside, we have more time than if we did it from the outside. Right. I mean, we could get this solved by the end of the day in the real world. And, and here, we could take a whole week to look for them. We could even take a goddamn vacation if we wanted. Only a couple of days to pass on the outside. Not that I particularly want a vacation in here, because she looks at the pies. Oresis looks a little offended. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I can't eat them. Oh, wait, wait. What do you mean? That they don't fill my tummy tummy. Yes, Oresis, this was something we discovered shortly within uh, coming here. Uh, oh, first of all, we're not dead. Uh, and I think that only dead people get satisfaction from these meals. Or, I mean, wait a minute. You said that there was no need for food or drink, right? And Oresis is like, yeah. And Miriam's like, we're all hungry. Like I know, I know, I know what Janelle looks like when she's hungry, and this is this is Janelle hungry. <laughs> and Janelle, Janelle has hangry. Janelle has hangry disease. Just try to eat a Snickers. <laughs> you're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> Chops down yeah. half of a forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see, I think we also gotta take advantage of the fact that we have more time in here because. I think Janelle might, uh, she goes for too long without food. I think we might have to, uh, be wheeling her in back home in a, in a stretcher. I'm fine. No, you're not. 
Narrator, she was not fine. <laughs> Polar Knight just sits there and she's like, I want a steak. <clears throat> Jan- um, I kind of dig around in my bag. Are all my possessions with me? Like, I know my loot's with me, but like, is my bag with me? Mm-hmm. I pull out all my rations. I have, coincidentally, five days of rations, which isn't enough for everybody, everybody, but it's enough for the people who need it the most. And I take my rations, and I spread it out on the table, and I says, I'm not as sorry if anybody here is vegetarian, um, tabaxi don't, tabaxi tummies don't exactly agree agree that well with green stuff, so you're just gonna have to take what you can eat, but I do have my rations here for y'all, just to tide us over while we're doing our work. Night looks happy. Food. She wants meat. I've got jerky. I've got like, I got like dried blueberries. Like it seems like the for the most part the non meat part of her snacks consist of like dried blueberries and nuts and um some pieces of carrots. Janelle attempt. Janelle like she she goes straight for the smoked fish, but she does try to ascertain what kind of meat the jerky is. You can see her kind of like examining and and, and smelling it first. Um, I think it's beef. Um. I'm sorry if that's, uh, again, I usually pack my rations for my knee. No, it's okay. It's, uh, it's just pork that I can't have. Uh, and she takes some of the, the fish and berries and such. No, no, no. I I don't, I don't eat pork. Oh, good. (laughs) Pork tastes nasty. Janelle begins to eat and it takes a, it takes maybe a little bit of, I, I feel like she at first is like, no, I can't take your food. And then, uh, Miriam's like, fucking come on. (laughs) like. Do it. Holding her at gunpoint. Eat. You're hungry. Do it. Um, I'm actually la- last night is eating too, and I don't want to make gross mouth noise noises. Um, Minecraft eating noises. <laughs> so what's our next move? Uh, we start looking all the major landmarks in here. I think we again, if the fountain is closest to the diner, we should probably do it last so just so we have somewhere to gather. Uh Starry Night points at um at Ladies Night and Polar Night and she's like, "Didn't you guys read those clues in the in the books in um shit, what was her name? Malin. Malin's house. I was thinking Miriam for some reason. That's me. The weird books that read but don't read, you know? Yeah, and I only got uh, Snail, How to Raise Snails, from those books. Well, it talked about the library, and it talked about the fountain. Maybe we should uh, take a look. It's in a book, The Reading Rainbow, for more clues. (laughs) Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Oh no, you've gotten rid of the library. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're real fun. Having fun isn't hard. <laughs> when you've got, oh god, oh fuck. <laughs> fuck, shit, this. Maybe we should go back to Malin's place and read more of her funky little books. It's, I mean, it's any book that works. We just need to find the nearest book. If we want to say hi to Malin, though, we, we can do that. I think well, we should, should probably. Malin. Didn't we promise we'd come check in on Malin anyways? Yeah. Yeah, let, let's go do our, our checking up. I'm trying to come up with a reason why Oresis wouldn't come with you, because I don't want a band of NPCs following you. But on the other hand... Hold on. She... 
I'll, I'll give her something to do. Hold okay. on. Let, let me look through my inventory. I reach into my bag and I pull up my pan flute and I, and I show it to her and it says, do you like music or is or recess? I figured that this might be an instrument that's a little bit more up your alley if you're interested. Maybe you could do something to keep y'all occupied? I Yeah, but I I don't understand. Um, I just, I want to know what happened to me. Can I, I come with you? I, I can't explain what happened to you because it's something that's real complicated and I'm not sure if it's going to stick because it, we did explain it, but I didn't, it seemed like it you're not allowed to know precisely. I think it, I'm, I'm real sorry, Ori. I, why don't you borrow my, my pan flute for just a little bit and you could play some music for Harold and them. Concentrate on the music instead of what's going on right now. That's really sweet. Uh, she hesitates for a sec and then she very gently takes it from your hands. Uh, and she seems like she's uh, remembering something. Uh, and she starts to play and just goes quiet. Just take care of it, alright? It did belong to my little sister. And Orisa's like, she, she looks, she holds it more carefully after you say that, and she kind of holds it to her chest and she nods and she says, I'll, I'll take good care of it. And um, at this moment, Harold comes over and he's holding a tray and it has, let's see, uh, five to-go cups full of coffee. <laughs> and he says, uh, for good luck, yeah? Thank you. Probably a good idea. So you, you, you guys can all add uh, one cup of strong brewed coffee to your inventory. <laughs> coffee acquired. Coffee get. Polar Knight's probably just gonna drink hers right now. It's probably <laughs> kind of like a sip for her than anything else. The big bear mouth. That's true. Just, just eat the cup. Just eat the whole thing. Fuck you. <laughs> I love the running, uh, the the reoccurring segment in this podcast where Polar Knight just like inhales something, like something set down in front of her, and she just like hoovers it up with her bare mouth in an instant. She's Kirby now, I guess. <laughs> Angry Kirby. Angry Kirby's fucking piss. Kirby's fucking piss. Kirby's persona. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe the whole staple behind Kirby is to bore people. No! You can't say that on TV! No, no, no. you're allowed to say that because it's Vore Day. It's 8-8. What? Oh, shit, it is! It you're is. allowed to it's say that day. once. Morden, don't date the episode. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> you're allowed to make a Vore joke only on this day. Only one it's Vore a, joke. It's a, it's a Vore joke free for all day. Okay. I, I, I was just reading over uh, to see if I missed anything that I wanted to happen in this whole big conversation. Miriam has a feeling the books are important, which is an unfortunate discovery, being that Polar Knight and Starry Knight disappeared the library. Aww. <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, We're sorry. We didn't know it would be <laughs> that important. 
Also, it seems that any book works, however. Maybe the players should remember what they read or find a book for their next clue, smiley face. Ladies, can we just... Can we, <laughs> I fucking... Uh, Ladies Knight stands up and says, Well, I'm gonna go off to go get the quest important stuff now. Y'all are welcome to come with me. Yes, let's find the things that are glowing under a quest marker. <laughs> I walk into the door for five seconds while rapidly pressing A because my controller is lagging. <laughs> and you click through the floor and gain 20 levels and become the DM. As no, no, no. <laughs> I walk through the door, but I'm pressing A too fast, so it thinks I walk back the door, so I walk through the door, disappear, and then I come back. As soon as you walk outside with the coffee cups, Harold uh, stands up and draws a weapon and accuses you of stealing. <laughs> <laughs> Polar Knight just assassinates somebody. <laughs> yep. Let's 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 teleport to Malin's house, shall we? Yeah, Janelle types in a console command and teleports you to Malin's house. Shit. Enderman whoop noise. Enderman whoop noise. I love my notes here. That ought to leave them to the fountain outside the diner. <laughs> Ladies, like, let's not go to the fountain for any reason whatsoever, except for the very last. Shit. Uh, okay, uh, so you are, um, you're outside Malin's house, and, uh, Miriam gives a, a hearty knock on the door. Um, and you hear a plate shatter from the inside. Oh no. Oh, fuck. And, um, see, here's where Flustered Sona comes in, because I have nothing to work off of. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be all right. Um, and do we have to go back to boot camp? <laughs> no. <laughs> Lee, are we gonna have to t- send you back to boot camp again? I don't want to go back to boot camp. I missed my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me see my family again. <laughs> Please, Chicken God, nugget. Let me see Chicken. my family. Uh, so Malin opens the door. Uh, and she jumps because she's never had so many house guests in all her life. I hate how many NPCs are still with you, even One, though Reese's and Harold are back at the diner. One, two, it's... three. So we have a party of six now. Wait, uh, you have? Oh uh, uh, no, Silent Night stay behind because I don't. Never mind. Then we have two. Yes. Silent Night is Fortnite dancing. Yeah, Silent Night's <laughs> just doing his thing. He was he was like very worried about you while you were gone, but then he saw you and you and he's like, I'm fine now. She says in her voice that I remember, uh, what a, 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 I'm surprised to see you. Uh, what, where have you been? Uh, we fell out of the world. Yeah. Oh, you mean uh, past the, uh, uh, past the, uh, the, and, and she gestures, like, behind her house to the black gray fog. Yeah, we went outside the world border, and we had to have a talk with the admins to be able to be let back in. Oh, well, th- that sounds really stressful. <laughs> but we came back to check on you, because that's what we promised. Also, can we look at all of your books? Um, <laughs> Every okay. single one of them. Sure, um, I'll, I'll make some tea. I, I made cookies earlier. Do, do, you want, do you want some cookies? Yes. Sure. I bake when I'm nervous, and uh, she leads you inside, and you see a, a warm and fresh plate of snickerdoodles on the living room table. Oh, fuck yeah. I snapped one. Delicious. Handful. Pawful. 
Um, the, ladies that, the ladies that tries to snarf a few before Polar Knight can get to the plate. Uh, okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Malin. <laughs> we love you, Malin. Um, she, she blushes, and uh, she goes over to her bookshelf and is like, um, anything in particular that you wanted to read? Uh, and by the way, last night took two cookies and then saw how many Polar Knight was taking and put one back. Um, and she splits hers in half with Janelle. Aww. <laughs> Damn you, Polar Knight. You hungry Polar- bitch. Polar Knight is just a fucking little food vacuum. Polar Knight's an anime protagonist when it comes to food. God. Yeah. It's true, and you should say it. Is there anything in particular you wanted to read? I, I don't think it matters. Um, I suppose we could just have a look and see what we would like to see. I just sit down on the couch across her. I'm gonna let the other two characters do plot stuff because I take over scenes. I'm sorry, I was just gonna gesture to you two and be like, uh, Eyes of the Runekeeper? I can't really read anything plot important. Get good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't understand what's happening right now, so I'm gonna go make tea. And she scuttles out of the room. Does that mean I'm the only one left to do plot-relevant things? Yes. Yes. Uh, fine. Okay. God. Y'all are so <laughs> fucking ableist. <laughs> Making me do shit. I can't think of any titles at the top of my head, but Polar Knight grabs the biggest, thickest book off the shelf. Okay, uh, it's an encyclopedia. Watch it be Elferotica. <laughs> no, that's way funnier. It is a giant tome of Elferotica. <laughs> what are you going to say? I was just gonna be like, it's an encyclopedia of some sort, because that I makes was... sense, because it's... <laughs> I was thinking a dictionary. <laughs> No, no, no. It's elf erotica because elves can't shut up. I don't know if you've noticed that uh, that most elves have can't shut disease, and elvish is a long language. So, like, in order to write all their elf erotica, they have to have these big, thick fucking books. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not offended. <laughs> Polar Knight, you take up this uh, massive tome of elf smut. <laughs> Why does Malin have this in her house? One look at it. It's just like... I'm not fucking reading this. Sorry, Knight snatches it out of her hand. <laughs> just like looking at it. It's like half her fucking weight. Oh, jeez, yeah. Wow, Starry Knight, horny on main. No, she's just gonna stuff it into her bag and be like, we're not reading this one. Oh, so you're keeping it all to yourself, Assie. No, it's not what's going on! <laughs> I thought this was a family-friendly podcast. We say fuck. I know you say fuck. Polar Knight just looks and is like, God damn, okay, chooses the least, the book that looks like it has the least amount of words in it. It's a brochure <laughs> for, um, a spa. <laughs> An elf erotica spa? No! An <laughs> spa? No! <laughs> I love this. <laughs> oh, okay. You you pick up an erotic brochure. (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh, I'm assuming. Do you just do you just open it up and read it? Just tosses it at fucking um tosses it at his lady's night. He's like, have fun with this. Why do, why does this lady have so much porn? Maylock to the room. Why is there they're porn? Not, uh, th- they're not my books. They were here when I got here. Uh, <laughs> and then she sets down a, a, a nice uh, plate of tea stuff in front of you. Uh, Ladies Night is like trying to drink tea while also trying not to laugh, and the combination of those two actions is causing tea to go all over her cat face. Please be careful. It's it's really hot. It, Ladies Night. Okay. Take- you take damage. I take one point of hot tea damage. Somebody read a, a book, or I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> okay. Um. I grab. I, I'll. I'll... I gra- oh, go ahead. Lorna <laughs> goes and grabs a bunch of books off the shelf, drops them on the desk, and is just like, "I swear to God, if these are more porn, I am going to leave. I can't handle elf." <laughs> oh, so you're elf racist now. When you said she drops them all on, on the table, I was imagining Malin has like a glass coffee table and it just shatters. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but it doesn't. No, does I not could, but you did. I couldn't fucking mean to destroy 90% of your possessions. I'll pick up like a medium-sized book, I guess. And that's not a dictionary. That's hopefully not porn. Uh, elf porn. It's not porn this time because I have eyes of the room keeper. Okay, uh, so anyone who's reading a book, go ahead and roll just a straight up and down d20. Okay. Okie dokie, here we go. Mine is an 11. Okay. I rolled a 7. Not 2d20, 1d. There you go, okay. Uh, so you already got a 12, that was the bit about the fountain. Um, let's see, number 11... Granted, I have eyes of the runekeeper, so... I mean, are you using your runekeeper eyes? I can't really take it off. Okay, uh, uh... Hmm. So eyeballs are kind of in their hands? I mean, you could always say that, like, you could you have to focus to be able to use it. Like, it's not something uh, you yeah, turn true. off, but you could focus. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm just gonna let my eyes glow slide along the page and see what I find instead of, like, the words having to focus and make themselves appear for me. Would there be a good check I can make to see how well she can, like, like, disconnect from the runekeeper thing enough to read the, the, the fake text instead of the real text? I'm looking through the skills. Um, maybe just straight up and down perception? Yeah, perception. Does that sound good? Yeah. yeah, so sorry, I go ahead and roll perception. Perception. That is okay. a 16. Alright, and you're trying to perceive the fake text of the book, so I, I think you accomplish that with a 16. Sweet. Uh, and, and the same thing happens before, as before. It's like, it, it looks like normal text for a sec, and, and for you, um, it kind of, the page actually looks blank for you for a moment or two before you uh, relax and, and you try to look past your like runekeeper eyes and you uh, let this ink, like, it, it, it's like it's bleeding through onto the page, and shifting and forming in strange shapes, and then, uh, once again, when you read 
the text, the voice in your head that's reading it is not your own. And it says, I was born to do this. How else can anyone explain the pull I feel? I think that hero's blood is in mine somewhere. That's what it says. Uh, and Ladies' Night, you have a bit less trouble with it. In the stories and legends my father told us, the hero used it on spells like Moonbeam. Instead of a paltry little sliver of light, the moon blasted all its power down onto the earth at his command. So much moonlight pouring down at his feet that it went dark in the sky, and the hero was bathed in silver, and his enemies were wiped clean off the earth in an instant. Oh, so you have a nuke. Guys, I think this, I think, uh, Nedry's gonna make a moon nuke. (laughs) That's not good. A moon nuke? A mook, if you will. A mook, if you will. And Polar Knight. Uh, Polar Knight already rolled a 12 and we already had Oh, yeah. We already had, that was the bit about the phone. So we already rolled that. I'm sorry that didn't give you much clue. Mm. Well, it didn't give us much clues. Can I try rolling again? Yeah, go for it. Like, just a straight up and down d20 and then perception check to see if it, like, it's like... I think you're perfect. I think your perception check from before carries over. Okay, R one d twenty. That's a critical fail. Well, it, it, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Um, cool. It's just uh, that doesn't really give you a hint either. I'm just gonna give you one of the hinty ones. How about that? Ladies like flips to ladies like flips to a random page and suddenly chances upon plot relevant information. It'll be nice to see that museum with something interesting in it. People will be lining up at the door to actually look at the exhibits, mind, not just muck about in the kids' area. Though I have to admit, I had a lot of fun with that archaeology, fossil diggy, sand pit thing they had in there. I always felt like maybe I'd dig up something important. I'd teleport to the museum. <laughs> oh no, I haven't thought about the museum at all. Oh, I forgot there was a museum. I put the book down and say, I'll be right back, and I enter into console command and I teleport myself to the museum. But it's not loaded in because the DM hasn't finished that section yet, so I get trapped in an infinite loop. <laughs> F. I get, I get stuck in a wall. But you're trapped, like, in the wall slash floor. I was thinking it was more like when you try to enter uh, in portals in creative mode, like nether portal in Minecraft in creative mode, and you just keep going back and forth from the nether into the overworld because there's no delay on cooldown. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Is like, I'm just like, ladies, like, just starts flickering horribly. And she's like, oh fuck, somebody turned me out of creative mode. Quick, somebody put me in survival. Should we tell Malin about like the, the ghosts in her house? Oh, yeah. Like, she she knows about Don't them. Don't Nothing bad will happen from that, surely. Like, should we tell her about like what we found out? About this plethora of elven porn than anything else right now. No, she already explained that. She said that the books aren't hers, and we should totally believe her. I look at Malin and I say, "So, has anything anybody you know vanished into that fog, or has anything important of yours vanished into that fog?" None of my I, I, I'm I'm well within the boundaries of it, but I haven't seen Moira in a while and I think she might have been on the other side of it and I don't really know what happened to everybody. Well, how about this? We go walking around town and we go do a head count and see who's around and who's ain't and we'll come back and let you know if Moira's or if Moira went over to the other side or if she's or if she's just somewhere lost in town. If it helps, no matter what we find out, she's gonna be alright. 
the people who are gone, do you think they're okay? I think if they're like us, then they'll be okay. But if they if they're spirits, if they're in the uh, if they've actually passed on, then most certainly they might have been able to move on in the time span that they've been gone. But regardless, they'll they'll still be all right. I'm sure Moira's just fine. Uh, she nods and uh, she starts quietly cleaning up uh, her, her little tea set. Um. And, and and taking things back to the kitchen, just like wordlessly stands up and goes back. And uh, Janelle looks after her with quite a bit of concern, and uh, she looks back at you guys and says, "I I think I might stay here with her." That's a good idea. That way, Lee has to play less NPCs. <laughs> and there's our ending <laughs> note. <laughs>